0: Hello. You are, you are listening, listening to, to the Care Connection. Connection.
1: With, With your, your host, host
0: Jerry Care.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to The Carol Connection. I am your host, Jared Carroll, here to bring you guys another great episode. I did want to take a chance to show my last episode, episode 138 with Sam Morera. She is a hairstylist as well as a cosmetologist and makeup artist, and we talked about how she got into that, doing a bunch of different jobs, and talked about her, her journey through that, and she, we talked about her coming out, um, being married to my cousin, and it was just a really great conversation. It's always great to hear perspective of someone who lives a different life than I do, and I, I just want to create an environment that's really inclusive to a lot of different people. So that's kind of the goal of incorporating as many different people as I can. Um, really great episode. Check it out at the Carol Connection. Also available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the all the major listening platforms. I think I might, I might have messed that up. Um, week off killed me, guys. Um, if you'd like to watch your podcast, you can go on YouTube, search the Carol Connection or Jared M. Carroll. Should pop up right for you. And if you want to be a guest or return as a guest, hit me up on Instagram at Jared M. Carroll or at the Carol Connection. And I'll get you right on. I usually do like a three, four week time period before I get people on. So that's kind of usually the goal. Uh, but be patient with me and I'll get you guys on. So that brings me to today's episode, episode 139 with Bacillus. Correct? Did I pronounce it right?
0: That's right. It's uh, Bacillia Axios. Perfect. It's a little difficult, but you I literally,
1: it. I do this with everyone and I'm, I'm, I'm going to expose myself a little bit. I will go on Google Translate and <laughs> put people's na- like name in just to hear what it sounds like. Just in case, like usually it's pronounced a little bit differently yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Greek? It's Greek. Greek, yeah, it's
0: Greek. And then I think it's it's known for being actually think, I think more Russian. So there's that yeah. famous sniper um, out of Russia, Vasily something. But yeah, because I think
1: it, it. it came up. Um, I think it said Albanian when I put it in Google. Oh, so like God. I was like, I'm like that doesn't seem like <laughs> no. it's very correct because <laughs> no, I know I'm Albanian. pretty sure you. Did that, I think you had. I don't know if it's on your Instagram. A Greek flag, it's Greek flag, yeah, it's Greek, yeah. yeah. So Albania is recognize-
0: very close. If you if you were to go to Greece, for example, you go to like some of the islands. Like fifty percent of the people working there are Albanian. They're very okay, close. Okay. A lot of them speak Greek.
1: That that, that I mean, Makes
0: maybe maybe
1: maybe it's derived from there. I don't yeah. know. Google can be wrong, so yeah. like there there's that chance. But kind of tell people who you are and what you're doing currently.
0: Yeah. So. I live. I mean, I live in Boston. Live in Dorchester. I mean, if anyone's listening that's from Boston, they're going to know where Dorchester is. Um, I primarily focus right now on residential and commercial real estate, and also I'm dive, I've dived into some sort of consulting with sales businesses, and then coaching. That's about ninety percent of it. On the other side of things, we're talking about let's say endeavors, personal endeavors. Uh, just finished the Boston Marathon.
1: So I saw that. Congrats on that. That's awesome. Go.
0: It's incredible, man. Everyone should be doing something like that. Like. The surge and the feeling you get from something like that cannot be explained. You need you need to really experience something. Uh, but really, fitness into fitness into consulting into coaching into sales.
1: That's yeah, and we'll we'll dive into each one of those as we progress yeah. with later in the podcast. <clears throat> and it's a lot of great stuff. I know it's going to be a great podcast, and yeah. you guys are in for a treat.
0: Yeah, thank you for having me on.
1: Of course. As soon it's as awesome. I saw your message, I saw your your page, and I think we mentioned it was kind of like. Really related, related to Billy G and his Correct. episode too. Yeah, so yeah. shout out to Billy G. That was a great episode, man. Check that episode man. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how I like to start my podcast is I start with family dynamic and yeah. for people that are listening for the first time, I like to kind of explain a little bit why, mm-hmm. and we're talking about your life story. Yeah. So I like to kind of picture like building a house, you need a good foundation to build the house mm-hmm. on. So if we're going to talk about your entire life, obviously within an hour, um, I like to start with understanding a little bit at least about your family dynamic yeah. because our families are kind of who we are and Correct. really impact us as we grow up yeah. later in life. So I'll kind of let you take the floor with that, and obviously whatever you're comfortable with sharing. So I'll yeah. let you go into detail. Yeah.
0: So I think um, the biggest thing is my, my father's from uh, Greece. This is this is where really where it all, where it all starts. So if anyone's like coming from like an immigrant family, they kind of understand the the feeling in the household when uh, a parent is from another country not from the United States. It's very strict. Things are going to go this way. Things are going to go that way. Right. So from the age of five till about 16 years old, we just, we just worked in restaurants. I worked for my father's restaurant at five years old. I remember like remember clear as day. You'd you'd be the host right there, right. When people walk in and even at five years old, you'd be opening chairs at least. Obviously you can't be in the kitchen cooking or cleaning dishes, but from five years old until 16, I was always part of something within the, uh, within the restaurant business. Um, it was strange. Like it was, it was very strange where things were very strict and things were very, I mean, that the standard was very high for you, right? It's very high standard, high stress situations, 90% of the time at six, seven, eight years old, you're eating dinner at midnight, not like your typical five, six, you know, PM dinner. So it's, it was a very weird, very weird, con, like weird, I guess, feeling in, in, in upbringing, I guess you could say.
1: Was that yeah. you have a very big family?
0: One of five. Yes. Okay. One okay. We got four others.
1: And you mentioned off podcast, you go back to Greece, Greece. pretty regularly, right? Yeah. 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 How how is that experience like? Like getting to go over there and like obviously you get to be more involved and you don't have to like stay like hotels. Obviously, you probably assume you're close to your family yeah, yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get to really experience the culture more than like an average tourist would. Correct. So like, how is that for you to kind of really get to? tap into a little bit of your roots and experience that from Mm -hmm. your perspective
0: i think it makes me appreciate a little bit more right so like if you're i mean the stereotype for greeks is they all own pizza shops and they're all very angry and they're just crazy a little bit crazy and it and it stems from the intensity wise of growing up they didn't they don't have much over there in a lot of the parts of like let's say northern greece where my family's from the Saloniki, they don't have much so I think it just makes you appreciate what you have here, but also appreciate that type of upbringing that's strict because now if, if I didn't have that upbringing, I don't think I'd be able to be doing what I'm doing. That's, that's the moral of the story.
1: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And like having a family that kind of pushes you to a little bit yeah. well, only from my perspective and even from my own life, having a father that pushed me to do a lot of great things yeah. made me a better man too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. having someone that pushes you in your life and, continually adds that pressure it sucks like being a kid and going At through the that time it sucks yeah
0: but then later on in life you think oh my gosh like if i didn't have this what would have happened
1: right? yeah 110 that's exactly mm-hmm. how i feel about a lot of the stuff that i mean even this podcast like to create mm-hmm. something like this stems from the way that i was raised and to be able mm-hmm. to like continually try to pursue something to chase something yeah. to create something mm-hmm. and if i didn't have that pressure to produce something Mm-hmm. Whether it was, like, getting A's in school or A's or yeah. B's, whatever it is, doing well in the classroom or scoring the touchdowns, hitting the home run, like, mm-hmm. excelling in the, the class, classroom or on the sports field, having that pressure to perform mm-hmm. was a huge factor in me kind of being critical of my own life. It's yeah. like, what am I actually producing that creates mm-hmm. value? And Correct. I can imagine that you kind of eventually in your own life went through that own kind of Cost analysis with with what you were doing.
0: Correct. So I, I think what the biggest thing is is setting a standard. So when you're raised in a household, like for example, my parents and they're they're like you know they're 60s at this point, right? But they're all going into a different chapter of their life. And that different chapter of their life is they're not retiring, actually. They're keeping going. They're continuously going. My father still owns a restaurant that works probably 70 hours a week. And he's in his 60s now. My mother is now a coach for real estate and some other things. So that they're all getting something else. So the standard is so high. It's like, okay, I'm in my 20s. I don't, have the, I don't have the right to be hanging out and just chilling. It doesn't make any sense, you know? So the high standards, I think, is what is vital in being raised as a kid, Right. Participation trophies, they're nice, but striving to the be to be the best is only gonna help you. It's not gonna help anyone else besides you. That's best for you,
1: you know? Yeah, I agree. I don't I definitely have been vocal <laughs> against participation trophies There's and no like the way me. that um society has developed, especially in sports. Like I yeah. just like not everyone's a winner. Like oh. I don't know if you uh, see, are you into basketball at yeah, all? Of course. So you're probably like Giannis considering yeah, yeah. His, his roots. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about that quote that he said after the game five loss? Did you get a chance to hear that? No, what was he it? was pretty much talking about because they asked if the season was a failure mm-hmm. and he was pushing back basically anytime you don't succeed at your job are you a failure? And like the quote was really promoted and like pushed and like yeah. I liked the overall message but my point of like I was like I feel like I was a mi- minority in the point of like disagreeing yeah. with him but they were the number one seed and they lost to an eight seed in five games. Yeah, that's, and that's kind of crazy. It, that, I think that's a failure. That is, but a like failure. he was kind of pushing back and it's like, well, Jordan didn't win every time he went and like the kind of like yeah,
0: it doesn't. It's too much justification. Yeah, that's, and it was like it he made
1: a good point. It was like anytime you don't get the promotion at, at at your job, like are you a failure? And it's like, well, no. So like I mean, he's he made yeah. good points. Yeah, but to me the response felt one out of anger. It's also yeah. a serious season over, but it felt like it stemmed from that kind of participation trophy. Like yeah. I'm oh, already a champion. Out. Yeah. I already out. won. Like I don't have yeah. to prove yeah. anything to you guys. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, isn't the point to play the game to win the championship? Like mm-hmm. I thought that was the point, yeah. especially mm-hmm. being the number one seed. So I just, I thought I just wanted to ask no, in case that's, you had thought. That's,
0: that's very true. No, I actually agree with that. It's, it's the participation trophy type. Uh, it's like a new term now, right? Everyone's expecting like that, expecting at least to participate and get a trophy just for showing up. And, and nowadays if you're someone who's doing more than just showing up, you're going to you're going to get ahead so quick. That's the thing. The competition now is lacking. It's there's there's very little competition. So if you just have a high standard, naturally just how the society and how the law of life works, you're going to get ahead. So just don't participate even just a little bit better than participating, you're going to be in the top probably 10%. Oh, 100%, opinion.
1: yeah. It's like like I think um the the classic phrase right now is quiet quitting. That's going yeah. on in the workforce of 9 to 5s mm-hmm. and Low-key is something like I've like kind of like rallied behind because corporations are not like paying the way they should. Yeah, and I yeah. understand from the business side, if like the economy's down, inflation's up, yeah, they want to make their profit. But I also like push back and it's like, well, you should pay your employees for doing a good job. Like at yeah. the same time, like you want to mm-hmm. keep them happy. What Correct. keeps people happy? Mm-hmm. Money. Because yeah. like, I guarantee if like I always say, like, if it's not their company. They're not going to love it the way that, like, the top people are going to no, love it. of course it. So, like, I think to keep people interested is you got to pay them what they should be paid. Obviously, given they're doing the work. Yeah. If you're not doing the work. But I think doing more than just the bare minimum will put you ahead like mm-hmm. that. Because mm-hmm. most people are so, like, going with the quiet quitting, so comfortable just doing the bare minimum.
0: Because it's accepted. It's like everyone says you did a great job. And it's like you, you, you did subpar, like a C-minus. Right. So when it comes to actually this cool, you brought this up when it comes to sales. This is kind of why I got into the sales aspect, because I knew I could just go get a corporate job. Probably I could probably find that. But sales, especially 100 percent commission sales, the sky is literally the limit. So if you're just being a bum and just participating, you're going to make no money. But if you're just you're if you're going to go a little bit above participation, you could just do whatever you want, right? You can make as much money as you want. And that's why I push it for a lot of like mentees and people I coach. It's like, you're in the best industry for someone who wants to actually do something, right? If you just want to hang out, there's, there is companies that will just pay you just to log in, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that. That's fine. If that's what you want to do, I don't, you know, that's this life. That's okay. But if you're someone who actually has the drive and you want to get ahead and you, you will do a little bit more work than the next person, like sales positions is just such a lucrative opportunity.
1: lucrative and it probably makes you a better communicator too because it forces you to you have to sell to someone so i can imagine Mm -hmm. that you had to like refine those skills as you got into that industry incredible yeah before
0: before i got into sales horrible man i would stand in front of like a i'd stand in front of a group of five people my face beat red start to stutter now after knocking probably you know thousands tens of thousands of doors getting on the phones tens of thousands of phone calls this does this stuff is so easy now but you have to like still hone into it. Like we talked a little bit about this before, where naturally I'm an introvert. But if I want to be an extrovert and go go into an area of where people are really out there, I just change the gear, and people don't even realize it, right?
1: I do the same thing, and like people say this, like like they'll see the they'll see this content and be yeah. like, "You're introverted," or yeah. even if I'm like talking one on one, I'm extremely good on one on ones. Like, and I actually even noticed I had um. On Friday, with the company that I'm with, we've mm-hmm. shifted to more like cleaning up a lot of stuff. People know I'm in the accounting finance. Yeah. I don't really talk about specifically what I do, mm-hmm. but I've pretty much solved a, like a recon issue mm-hmm. that we were having. Mm-hmm. And I spent multiple days on it. And then I had to explain it to like my boss's boss on like what I did and how I did it. And I'm such an overthinker that I like laid it out so methodically. And I credit the fact that. I do this podcast. It made me such a better communicator oh, yeah. that when I presented it, she was like, I understand completely. You did yeah. a great job. Like, mm-hmm. like we also have like procedure reviews often. I do a right. lot of those as well. So like yeah. i walk through people of what I do like pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you probably do a lot of those. I'm like, well, yeah. And, but like, I didn't say like I do the podcast too, but like, yeah, this has helped me become 10 times a better communicator mm-hmm. than what I was like, even like when I started this like three, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think, for it's a jump incredible that. man. Yeah, I was about to say like it's, it's the communication incredible. skills are so important. So I can imagine you really kind of probably focus on that too, especially if you're mm-hmm. coaching people. I can right. imagine that's a huge thing for you.
0: Well, what I found was uh, my biggest my biggest um win, I think. I can tell you really when it turned and I knew I was getting so much better. Growing up, my biggest fear was to look at my father I mean, straighten his eyes, dude. I would look there and I'd be like, holy shit. Like I was just, I was shocked. I couldn't do it. I would always look at the, look at his feet when I talked to him. That's just how it was. It was never, it, I don't say it was disrespectful to look at him in the eyes, but you're too fearful, right? When you're in such a strict household, like you just don't look at someone straight in the eyes. And there came a time when I was able to like exercise this, I'd like look at him for a little bit, five seconds and look down and then 10 seconds. And ev- eventually it's just like, I can just look at someone straight, you know, eye to eye and there's mm-hmm. no problem. So I think um kind of taking the rust off and getting yourself out there doing the the, the uncomfortable things you'll begin you'll become comfortable with those uncomfortable things over time and that's really how you get ahead because no one's doing those uncomfortable things it's it's not comfortable right so by practicing things that the typical person doesn't think about that's that's a big that's been a big thing for me
1: yeah i've noticed even just week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year doing this podcast. And like, I had um, – shout-out Johnny Costa. He came on this podcast once and it was like – it was the second time back on. And he was like – after I left, he was like, I realized it was like – this was like one of the longer conversations that I've had with someone in such a long time. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. in a social media world, we're not communicating like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that in no. so many different people. And, mm-hmm. like, that was a part of the whole – creation aspect of this was Mm -hmm. to make people feel seen and heard on a podcast and like make it less about like yeah there's cameras there's lights there's all that but like it's just us having a conversation so like that's been the focus and getting back to how you kind of started with your career i want to go a little bit back with the getting to like kind of high school a little bit Mm -hmm. kind of like what was the trajectory there and like what was the vision after graduating like how Mm -hmm. was how did you end up in this career
0: so, it's so funny. So, I'm getting my uh, my citizenship, and this is going to all relate. I'm getting my citizenship in Greece, right? There's a bunch of documents you have to get put together. And uh, I got my high school transcript, right? And I knew I did it. I wasn't a good student. So I knew that at the time. But I looked at it just, like, about a week ago, and I go, holy shit. Like, I don't know what I was doing anyways, so those last four years. But my senior year, I, I talked about it once before. I didn't apply to any schools. I took the SAT, whatever. I don't know if you, you know the SAT. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah horrible score, right? I didn't even apply to anything. I just knew, okay, I'm not going there. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. Everyone's getting either union jobs. I didn't want to do any union work, super respectable work, but I just, that just wasn't for me at the time. Union work, people were going to college. People were getting jobs right out of school. And I'm thinking, I'm 17 years old. I was 17 when I graduated, actually. I was 17. I'm sitting at this kitchen island in my parents' house, right? By myself, I can remember it. I'm scrolling through a phone, My phone, I was on Instagram, and I'm just kind of confused at this point. Like, we're graduating in about two weeks, and I don't have anything planned. That is the scariest thing. As a young kid, if, like, you're in that situation, like, I know and I can remember to this day how bad that feels. It's just like, oh, my God, I'm screwed. That's kind of what you feel like at that age Um, because everyone's moving away. But I'm looking at my phone. I'm scrolling through Instagram. I see something about some sort of sales guru, Grant Cardone, whatever. I'm like, damn, I want this type of life. I just don't know how to get there. So that's when I really dived into um, sales. Long story short.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And with that, I've talked to a lot of people, even people I've had people still in high school or recently graduated high school. Yeah. And like that period is like, and I always like asking because like with our society, it hones in on college so much. And we're, Ooh, seeing, yeah. we're seeing the issues of that now mm-hmm. of so many people with college degrees and nothing to show for it and yeah. just tons of debt. And mm-hmm. it. It cripples not only them, but it hurts the economy too. If you yeah. have a ton of bills that you have to pay in debt or mm-hmm. your college loans, you're not going to invest back into the, the community and the businesses because yeah. you, you can't afford to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wish, and we're now we're going to ha- probably have a huge shortage of labor jobs or labor mm-hmm. employees mm-hmm. because as the older generations age out of those positions- yeah you have a new generation going back to what we said. People want to do the bare minimum. They don't want to work hard. No. And those jobs require a lot of hard work. And like, I applaud people that will you, do it those is the things. most
0: respectable work. And for anyone who's looking against a union or any of those jobs, they make so much money. They really do. Um, a lot of my clients are in like the union, like blue collar. And these people do amazing, do amazing work. So like, yeah, if you're looking for some job where you're going to have stability and you want to make money and you can make more money, amazing job. Amazing. Yeah. I would definitely
1: encourage, especially the younger generation of looks. I think those jobs are only going to go up in value because like if less people do them, yeah, Yeah. less people can do them, less people can do them at a high level. Mm -hmm. And if you're someone that can develop these skills and work at it, yeah. Obviously, when you get into a very manual labor job, have the the plan in your head to like get out of it eventually. Yeah. It, like it have that in plan, an office or something. Yeah, like to, create you your own office. business, hire yeah. employees. Like make sure that you have that plan because you don't want to be the dude that's fifty, sixty, still working Pile manual
0: driving. Man. Yeah, dude, it's that's like, tough work. That's yeah, really and it's really
1: work. taxing on the body. And yeah. like, there's always like stories out there of people that retire and then just die right after. Yeah. So it's like you you don't want to like dedicate all your life to just manual labor job. Like you could make a ton of money, Mm -hmm. but like make sure you respect, yeah. Respect your body, respect your mind and like have that plan for yourself to like Mm -hmm. get out. And unless, I mean, you really love it and you want to do it into your 50s, 60s, all power to you. Mm -hmm. But I don't think people should really stick to that all the way through. That's what, that's part of the reason. Like I ended up in an office job was because my dad did manual labor. It was like, don't end up like me with my back hurting, my neck hurting. it's like, go and get we'll the office job. Life
0: just to, so tough.
1: Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I can, re, it's like, I respect him for helping me get onto that path. Cause I, I love the career that I'm on for the most mm-hmm. part. Like, mm-hmm. like it's one of the things like, I don't hate the job, but I don't love the job. Yeah. I like the job mm-hmm. and I like the skills that it taught me. Mm-hmm. But, I'm glad that he encouraged me to go down this path versus yeah. going the manual labor path mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because one, at least I got a tangible skill in accounting and finance Correct. that could like actually apply to mm-hmm. multiple different things mm-hmm. and I didn't just get like a, a random shitty degree. But <laughs> yeah, like Dude, that, that's a big problem nowadays. That's a huge oh problem. Oh my
0: gosh. I that's feel so awful. bad
1: for people that like go to college and just for what? Like what did you do and in there's, four there's no, years? And
0: there's no purpose Yeah. Well, that's the thing and that's, that's the problem and that's why when I tell you at 17 sitting there, it's like, I knew, though, I knew this thinking still. Like, I knew, like, I'm not going to just go to school for this degree. I told myself, unless someone, unless someone comes with a, you know, a briefcase briefcase of cash and pays it off for me, I'm not going. Because a lot of these skills are not, like, what am I going to do with these things? Like, they, they talk about communication in college, fine. But you're not actually doing any of those skills. I can tell you the best three things you can do to develop commu- uh, communication skills and, and become, like, a... Uh, let's say like or practice becoming an extrovert. Number one is, um, this is cool. I like this stuff. This, this is like whatever is kind of uncomfortable for people. It's, um, let's say you're in a club. Let's say you're at a bar. Let's say you're at a networking event. Go into situations is almost like a numbers game. Okay. So if you're like trying, if you're really bad with girls, I think this is very useful. And you, if you feel really nervous going up to girls is a natural feeling, just force yourself for the first couple. Just have a conversation, not with any intention of anything. But keep having conversations, and and by the end of it, man, you're you're the way you're talking. It's flowing so much more because you're breaking that barrier. Eventually, eventually becomes so. I don't know. Like think of like uh, like when you wear down like a like a mountain or like a hill. It starts to flatten out, right? So talk, literally, just talk to as many people as you can. If it comes to girls and you're you're scared to you know talk to girls, or if you're uh, if you're a girl and you're scared to talk to guys, just. Just go talk to them, whatever it may be. Even the most random thing. Hey, like even if you sound stupid, just go try it out. That's number one. Number two is whenever you're passing by someone, let's say on a a street, if you notice, they're always looking at the ground when they pass by you. That's very common. They feel awkward. I always say, hey, how's it going? So for about a year, I'd walk in malls when I'm walking on the street. I'd say, hey, how you doing? Even if there's 10 people, let's say back to back to back to back to back, I'd say, hey, how you doing? Eventually, they lift their face and they smile at you. They just, they feel more awkward than you do. And the number I'd say, number, I'd say number three is video footage. So we're super introverted. We don't like seeing our own face. Like still to this day, dude, I feel awkward when I'm doing that. But I always took videos of myself for about a year straight. And eventually it's just nothing. You just, you kind of like exteriorize out of your body at that point. So go up to as many girls or as many guys you can just have a conversation. Number two, when you walk by people, say, how's it going? No matter if there's 20 people or one person. They're going to eventually lift their head. They're more awkward than you. And number three, take videos yourself. I'm telling
1: you works
0: like gold. Works like magic.
1: Yeah. That third point. I totally really feel that one is like I started doing what really helped me was TikTok. Yeah. And it wasn't TikToks related towards this content. It was more like sad breakup stuff. I was doing like sad boy shit. People know my TikTok. (laughs) I don't really post like that anymore. But like I credit like my comfortability with being on camera to that. Yeah. Was like actually recording myself in like, people liking it and like responding yeah. to it in a favorable way. And mm-hmm. like, obviously you're going to have some people that give confidence in here and there. And that will yeah. boost the ego a little bit, give you yeah. a little ego stroke. But like Looking the content, good, man. Yeah. Like yeah. you'll get the, the content itself was like relatable enough where people yeah. really loved it. Mm-hmm. And seeing myself was always like, Ugh, I don't want to see myself on camera yeah. or like people. When I started the podcast, hearing myself on audio, yeah, was I like see, that's uncomfortable. it's like, Oh, yeah.
0: but no one's thinking that though. That's, no. that's the funny thing, you know, just yourself.
1: Yeah. And like, everyone always says that too it's like i don't want to listen to this back i don't want to hear myself i'm yeah. like when i and i've said this multiple times like when i hear myself or see myself talk i'm like mm-hmm. just like that dude's spitting. like i don't even think it's me like I, it's just like i've like, like yeah. you said like remove yourself from your body almost yeah. yeah
0: i look at myself and no longer like i think the best thing especially for talking to people that make you feel uncomfortable let's say like bigger people like if, let's say you were to meet i don't know celebrity lebron james you'd probably feel uncomfortable i look at him as if he's just that's just his body and there's a spirit there, right? So by doing that, it just makes things feel a little bit less uncomfortable because looking someone in the eyes or talking to someone you don't know, it is, it's is—it's uncomfortable. It, it doesn't feel great. So then the same thing with showing your, seeing your face. Like, I didn't even know I really look like this. I didn't know I sound like this, right? So you just got to practice these things. It's practice. Yeah,
1: and just like the continual practice of like making sure that you're posting something too and like yeah. getting used to seeing, like you said. And that's just something that, Any content creator has to like get over that hump at some point, Mm -hmm. whether you're just doing like selling clothes or making a podcast, doing a YouTube, doing real estate, whatever you do, you have to get comfortable, Mm -hmm. like we said, with the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And especially with social media, it's your resume. Like people, like I always like say that to people, like whether you want to accept it or not, people are going to look at your Instagram and judge you on your Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish we didn't, I wish it wasn't like that, but it is. Mm -hmm. So and I tell people, like, you might not take Instagram seriously, mm-hmm. but a lot more people do you than do. you do.
0: I can see how you are pretty pretty close probably to the T by just looking through a couple pictures. It's it's your personality that you put on there.
1: Yeah, you know? the, just whether it's the actual pictures, the captions you pick, yeah. the filters you pick, like, yep. how you're portraying it, the songs you pick to it. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I think about it more deeply than most people, but, no, like, it's true. It's I think true. people do that. Like, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, it's very true. And I think it's important, It's um, especially in social media because it is there for a long time, is, like, really – providing your true self on there. Don't, you know, I think a, a big thing nowadays is like being something you're not. Like That's a common thing, right? By being the real person you are, people are a lot more apt to listening to what you have to say. So now I'm at that point where I'm so comfortable saying what I want to say or the things I say are actually truly what I actually mean, right? So you will get hate through time. Like if you post enough, you're going to get hate, right? But that's that's just a common thing. It happens.
1: Yeah, people will naturally, I mean, regardless whether they do it publicly or privately are going to like hate on what you do because it always usually stems from an insecurity of you doing something that they, that they wish that they could try to attempt. Yeah. Like putting yourself out there and like being on social media, like people are going to naturally want to hate on them. joke. Oh, look at this dude posting this. Like, and like that was like the insecurity at first when I started the podcast. And then it's just like, it's because you're doing something new and you're breaking out of the the image of what people think you are. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. like, you have to create that new image of yourself because people only know you as you are. It's so like when I started the podcast, I wasn't a podcaster yet. No. Like I had to become the podcaster for people to actually respect the fact and acknowledge you are a podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only way to, to do those type of things is continually show up with consistency. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. Was there ever like a huge hurdle for you to like hop over to get on social media, like we're saying and post these videos. Cause like mm-hmm. when I see your content, you're, always posting something always, always talking about something yeah and like were you ever nervous stemming from like the whole oh, introvert stuff to man. actually like talk about things on the
0: internet Dude, i i actually um my first youtube i post like a youtube like a couple years back three years back and i remember it i took it probably took me four or five hours for like a one minute video ridiculous and it was i was losing my freaking mind i was pissed at myself i'm just like post the freaking thing right and I remember it's just like every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh, I could have said it this way. I should say it this way. Or is this dumb? Is this actually good information? Like every time I question myself. Nowadays, it's like, first take is what I send out. Even if I stutter, even if I got a booger hanging my nose, I don't even care at this point. Just put it out there, put it out there. You know, making it. I just like the idea of being super authentic at this point in time. I like being authentic. Back in the day, I probably was acting a way in which I actually wasn't. So like, I'll be honest, like that was probably not me. Now, through so much practice and so much comfortability, it's like I'm really just working on specifically how to really be myself. That's it.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, don't hit the silent on your is that your phone? Oh, yeah, yeah it must over there. Yeah. Sorry guys. Oops. I know you're getting my man's in high demand right now. So I just wanted to No, you're good, you're good, you're good. This is live podcast podcasting. This is this kinda comes with the whole thing. I don't edit. That would have been in other, other, um,
0: other podcasts. They'd be, uh, they'd call me like, "Oh, you forget what are you an amateur?" I an don't, amateur I, just, I don't really care.
1: Like, I just like, I've had dogs barking in in oh, podcasts. Like, true. I just like, I don't, I like the whole goes back to the office authenticity aspect yeah. of things. Like, I just want it to be. Like, I don't want to edit nothing. Like, yeah. sometimes I'll, I'll edit certain things if someone requests it, if mm-hmm. they think that they sounded a certain way or said yeah. something that, that they don't want public. I'll go and edit That's happened here and there. Yeah. But I usually I'm like, I don't want to do that because yeah. it just creates more work for me, one. Mm-hmm. And two, I want it to just be the conversation that we had <laughs> naturally. Well, let me ask you this. So
0: what would not be allowed to be said on here? Um, On ba- podcasts, I'm always interested in that. Are they, like, actually, because I've said some stuff. Even on social media, I'm like, oh shit, that's kind of risky. I don't know like if I should have said that. I just let it be. But
1: anything relating to like politics, I usually don't like that. Yeah. Anything that could be deemed political or have a political take to, yeah. I try to stay away from <laughs> it. just like like I said, I try to be inclusive to to both sides yeah. and, on the podcast and center around that mental health issue. Yeah. So I try not to like
0: create an uproar of more mental yeah, health issues.
1: I I, I don't want to create more Div- like diverse um what's the word um what's the word i'm thinking of divide, divide i don't want to create more divide yeah i want to try to bring people together around a topic that we can all relate on which yeah. is mental health and like life stories mm-hmm. and just yeah. like sharing stuff so that usually is what i stay away from and i try to stay more central in my takes at least on mm-hmm. the podcast i'll try to stay more more central and stuff to yeah. like at least make my guests comfortable yeah like Dude, these fruit flies already started. <laughs> we put a, like a plant down here, and like I put it upstairs, and they just and, start following it. I,
0: don't, see, I swear they just come out of like they're like made of dust. Yeah, coming dude, from
1: Dude, like there's no windows open down here. There's nothing like. And the same thing happened last year. And like I don't, I never throw food away down here. I like make make sure I never do that. Mm-hmm. And they just like spawn, and I'm like. <sighs> Like like why – like float around the light to something. Uh, clear, I, we're just going off the rails this part of the podcast. I, one I, of think, those.
0: I think the big thing with – you just made a good point about divide, right? Yeah. I think nowadays people need to find a commonality really to become – to befriend someone. Like I didn't know – I never spoke to you in person before meeting you today, right? And – if there wasn't, we had some commonalities by speaking, right? When we were talking, we had some commonalities, so you become a little bit more uh, comfortable, I guess. So whenever I, I'm in a disagreement with someone, I always find that agreeable point as well, so it doesn't cause like some sort of uproar, right? So, for example, let's say with with my girlfriend or my friend, I'll disagree about something, and then I'll say, "But I totally understand that viewpoint." I always get one little piece that I agree with to keep the. Um, keep the peace kind of and I think nowadays people just need more peace like we need to find some more agreeable things it's a sunny day don't you agree yes it's sunny right maybe maybe we just we believe that car sucks or you like that car and it's or it's it's you know a shitty car but it's a sunny day anyways right so finding an agreeable point to me is like very important sales very important meeting people and keeping the peace just all in all
1: yeah that's a really great point it's like finding that and that's what we don't do enough of is finding that that really common point that we can all establish the base almost yeah. it's like you can always get back to at least we agree on this we mm-hmm. agree that hey it's sunny out mm-hmm. and like having that point i think is like really healthy mindset and yeah. like even just day-to-day conversations with people mm-hmm. is like having a thing that you could relate to yeah. like whether you're into to like an office job and just like you relate that you hate being in the office yeah, like exactly. having something you can rally and relate mm-hmm. to people with is like mm-hmm. so beneficial and like that's why like I enjoy that. The, I call it the pre-show of the podcast. Yeah, and like, yeah. obviously it's our first time getting to know each other. I mm-hmm. want to talk to you a little bit before course, yeah. I'm like, how would it be? How would I be of a host to just like sit you down, hit record and just throw you to yeah, the you have, like, no idea. You yeah. have No idea.
0: Yeah. We're going to be, you're going to be touching base on. And I think, um, yeah, it's it's very, very important. There is something about, even when it comes to like relationships, I'm not like a relationship guru. Forget about it. Oh my gosh. Horrible advice. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> horrible advice.
1: I just, I've I've gotten finally lucky in my life, but I've historically been awful. So. Yeah,
0: such bad advice for most people, I think. so. I, that's why I never give it. Um, but I was talking about, why, why I'm talking about agreeableness is like, let's say your partner comes home from work and they're like, I'm exhausted, right? And the other person who's already there, you're your partner, whatever the person being is like, why are you tired? Or you shouldn't be tired. Immediately. You're going to just, you're going to start flames. Like it's going to cause a problems. So it's like these small things we say, like now I'm a little bit more aware, especially in like the last couple months of like taking a second to think and really think about what, what I'm saying is really going to affect someone in this sort of way. Right. And um, yeah, I think society in, in a whole just needs to find an agreeable point. It's, it's so dividing, especially when it comes to politics. We're not going to talk about it, but when it comes to politics, that's what it seems like the issue is. Is like everyone actually agrees upon like living a good life. Everyone wants to live a good life, but then they go into this core and this like really deep, crazy thing, and they then they just really sit on that disagreeable point ninety nine percent of the time. That that's what creates hate and like causes issues, you know?
1: Yeah, the whole point is we all want to live. Good lives and have yeah. good families and love each yeah. other and love thy neighbor. You want
0: to be healthy, you want to be happy, you want to be able to travel, you want to be able to do this, you want to be able to, you know, be inclusive, like included in stuff. Like we all want that, but it's, it's this thing of like being so not willing to be open to seeing something else.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it's very close minded in the way people think, think about certain aspects of yeah. life in our society and what we are willing to tolerate versus not. And it's like mm-hmm. getting to that place of what we all want. We all have seems like different ways of getting there. And yeah. that's been the common issue in the United States, honestly, is like we can't, yeah. we got to find a way to get back to what makes us actually all American. Yeah. Like if you look at any, if you travel anywhere, mm-hmm. they all unite under their actual nationality. Like Correct. whatever country that the, you visit, they all are so proud to be that nationality for the most part. Mm-hmm. And you come to America and it's not that same sentiment. And mm-hmm. I obviously understand it's the the melting pot of the world where right. you're getting a bunch of different cultures yeah. and people want to represent their culture to feel mm-hmm. special. Yeah. But
0: you're all under one thing.
1: Exactly. And I think if mm-hmm. we could get back to a place where we could all agree on one common, like whether we create like a new core of agreements that like, Hey, we all think these things are true about most yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Then I think we'd be better off as people, but I want to transition to the fitness side of stuff yeah. because that is something that you share a lot of and that's something I find really, really valuable, especially relating to mental health. Yeah. So how did you kind of find your, yourself into this journey with fitness?
0: Um, So honestly, I was never like into being the biggest or the strongest. That was like never my thing. Like I can see why. I can see the obsession people can get from it because it's like to be the biggest, like it, it feeds the ego. It feels good. It does. Don't get me wrong. When you lift, you know, 250 pounds, you're like, damn, like I'm strong. I'm a savage, right? <laughs> Obviously. But um, it was probably back into, I, I got serious in it probably six years ago. And then up, up until maybe the l- last two years, I got very serious and actually trying to compete and stuff. So I played some sports throughout school, but I wasn't like, you know, pro. I wasn't like the best. This I never put in enough time to really benefit from it. I wasn't good at running. I wasn't really good at lifting. I was just kind of, you know, middle of the road. Um, then I started listening to like Andy Frisella, do you know his podcast? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was listening to 75 hard. So I did that program a couple years back and I started listening to listen to David Goggins and I listened to his stuff. And I'm like, damn, this guy's pretty cool too. And by listening to these things, it was just opening up new gates to trying things like, you know, first start out with the Spartan race, you know, Spartan races. Yeah. I heard of the Spartan race. And then I did, I did five half marathons within like a, about a month period, month and a half period. I was like, damn, like I'm not that bad at this. I'm not training that much. I'm not bad at it. Then I did another Spartan race, and then that's when I signed up for the marathon. Right? A lot of this, a lot of the reason why I did these things was because number one, fulfillment, and number two was pushing the mental to a different state in which work can't do for me. It's the things you have to you have to unlock in your brain when you're running. 20 plus miles is not like, it's almost like, it's like a spiritual type thing. It's, it's your, your physical body, man. You like your entire leg becomes a, becomes a cramp. Like physically, you shouldn't be doing it. Your body is basically telling you, don't do it. The first guy who ran the marathon in Greece died, right? That tells you the story. You're not supposed to do these things. Um, but I think what it was, was the addiction of feeling, how far I could push it, right? How far can I push it? I don't even eat appropriately. Like, I don't eat the right foods. I don't take enough vitamins. I don't, like, I don't, my schedule for those things is not even right. like, I'm not even, I'm not gonna lie to you. But I still will show up and just push. That's all. Because I want that feeling of, damn, like this is what I can do off of two hours of sleep or let's say drinking no water or eating, you know, not the right foods. It's just all mental for me at this point. I don't think about proteins. I don't think about my, I don't know, my amino acids or my caffeine intakes. I don't care about those things personally. That is important when you're trying to compete in certain things. And, you know, when I ran the marathon, I did have correct amount of vitamins, correct amount of food, but either way I was going to do it anyways, even without those things, I know I would have finished. It doesn't matter to me. So I think the idea of pushing yourself to another stratosphere is, is what really got me into it.
1: Yeah, I really like the fact that you kind of talked about that you, you don't eat, right? You don't take the vitamins. You don't take, no, like the, you don't focus don't. on that. And I think more people who need introduction to fitness mm-hmm. need to have that mindset because they see fitness and they see like... so complicated, yeah. man. It's so and complicated. It doesn't have to be that. And no. like on the same approach with fitness is yeah. like kind of like... Just move the body. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. Like if you're someone who doesn't like lifting weights, run, do a walk, do something Mm -hmm. like standing stationary, especially if your, your work is stationary, you must, it's not a, it's not a need. It's a must. Mm -hmm. You have to move your body. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you're not, not only your health, your physical health is going to suffer, but your mental health will suffer as well because you're going to look at yourself and you're going to probably be upset with yourself that you Mm -hmm. let yourself go to that point where Mm -hmm. now it's going to even require more work to get yeah. back to where you probably once were. And that's a daunting task in itself.
0: It's very daunting. And another thing you get from the fitness is the high confidence level. This is another thing. Like when you could walk out of the gym, knowing you just did like a thousand reps or something or that you walked or you ran like a bunch of miles, like you get some sort of confidence. So this confidence goes into everything, business life, dating, whatever it may be. So I think now that I really think back to it, it's because I didn't have the confidence. I, don't th- I think that's what it was. And when I found that the gym would at least short-term give me that confidence to do other things, I got addicted to just showing up and doing something to make me feel better so I could approach other things and and take those tasks on. Um, because, man, like, for anyone who lifts, who, for anyone who runs, like, when you run a 26.2-mile run, if you have, after the fact, and this is full disclosure – you feel like a stud, like you feel incredible. You're just like, I just did something that 99% of the population has not done. You're gonna have that ego boost, right? So I think that point is addicting and I'm open about it because it's true. It's just like a natural thing. You do something that most people can't do, You it affects your ego. Now you have the confidence to do other things. So I think for someone who's maybe lacking some sort of confidence or maybe they're insecure, like just... Do something a little bit. It doesn't have to be extreme. Your first thing doesn't have to be 26 miles. Go walk a mile, go run a mile, whatever it may be, and then just keep pushing the envelope a little bit further because naturally I don't think we were born to be very confident people. I don't think this would us, especially in today's society, with social media how it is.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that, and I think what fitness has done for me is create really great habits. Like yeah. It taught me how to be consistent and that consistency, once you learn how to be consistent at one thing, you can be consistent at multiple things. Yeah. And I live and die by consistency. Like yeah. I am such a routine person. Like people who are close to me yeah. know that if I do something out of routine, like I will lose my shit. Like yeah. I just like, if I have a routine, I must do that routine. Yeah. And to the point where it could be unhealthy, I can acknowledge that. Yeah. But I think having a routine, having habits, and being consistent with stuff yeah. breeds long-term success. And I it think does. once people – are willing to kind of like add that to their life, mm-hmm. they'll be happier because yeah. like it goes back to what you said, being more confident. If yeah. you actually have legit success or do something, so you run one mile, that's yeah. success. Yeah. You're going to feel more confident because you had a successful moment. Correct. It's like the, um, I forget what the name of the the um, military officer was talking about, making your bed every day. It's the oh, first it's thing huge. you just do every day. Yeah. And like if mm-hmm. you make your bed, you're checking off the first thing. That's uh-huh. a win. That's like mm-hmm. building the confidence. And mm-hmm. I think that... Like ties in perfectly to what we're talking about here,
0: and it's it's standards. It's such a standard. Okay, so this is this is really weird. But I listened. This one point is stuck with me for years. Andy Frisell's podcast. If you listen to it, he talks about he was talking about people in his workspace that would take a piss and they leave droplets on the toilet seat. I don't know if you've ever listened to this, but that stuck with me for so long now. It's like you can really tell someone's character if they leave piss on the toilet seat, right? So. Since then, man, the discipline is like just cleaning out cleaning up after yourself. Like small things like that. Like
1: <laughs> just lift up the seat. Just lift up <laughs> the seat. A guy especially. Yeah, like, that's what I'm
0: saying. Like, but even that, you'd be surprised. There's always something, yeah. you know? Always. And um these small things, like it starts with that. It's making your bed, it's this bathroom routine I'm telling you about. It's brushing your teeth. It's doing all the simple tasks that lead to these bigger things. And once you can grow these disciplines, then you can really start diving into the bigger things.
1: Yeah. That's actually so. I've never heard that point, and that's so true when you think it's about so it. Like, true, it's just man. so much about that person. Like, how yeah. la- first. Like, if you just had the seat down, how lazy are you not to just lift up the seat and just yeah. go to the bathroom? Like, yeah. it's just like because like anyone, any especially like guys going into their guy's bathroom. Like, yeah, it's usually always there. Like, you usually have to <laughs> clean it up, like yourself. That's like, what I'm saying. It's just like. That's so crazy. I've actually never heard that point. So, Like it's, when you think about that,
0: that point right there. I'm telling you that has like that is so vital for me. And it's like, oh, dude, it's, it's so ingrained at this point. It's just like because I know if someone walked in after I use the bathroom and they see that, they're like, "Wow, this guy sucks."
1: Like, like, what, the fuck, we, you know, like what the it's fuck, dude? it's so did gross. You do? That's it goes right. to show how gross kind of men are, though. That's Low-key, what I'm Like, it's just like it's like how lazy are you at the end That's of the day? What I'm saying. And that so, really that really goes. If you dig into the core of that, like if they can't even do that, just imagine their own personal life. It's probably a mess. Yeah. Like, uh, I want to, I want to take a turn because we're getting like back into the podcast into yeah. coaching. Yeah. Like what made you want to be a coach? And like, cause like that's a, such a, like huge responsibility to like mentor someone. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what, and based on what I've known through the conversation we've had and just Instagram, I can tell that you're a fantastic coach. So like mm-hmm. the way that you can communicate and like you hold yourself accountable, especially yeah. when you're, posting on social media and keeping that routine and even to run the Boston Marathon. Like that requires a certain level of discipline that most people don't even have. So what made you want to be a coach?
0: I would say, um, I think it was when I was able to flex my actual certainty of like what I was doing. So if you go in the coaching field, you'll find a lot of coaches will make things so complex. So it's like, for example, when you get into the real estate business, what should you do first? Let's say a brand new person says, what should I do first? A lot of these older coaches or people who are in it are going to be like, okay, get your business cards, um, You know, reach out to your sphere, um, set up your database, do all this, do that, do this. Like, I can tell you when I first started, I was like, okay, forget about all this. All I know is leads and people to talk to is going to convert to more business, right? I just need people to talk to and people I could close. So when I'm coaching people, they're like, okay, I'm going to set up my database. I'm going to get my business cards. I'm like, no, forget about all this. Throw this out. Give me your phone. And you're going to call. You're going to go through this list of people you have. All your contacts. and You're just going to call them and talk, talk to them directly. Set up an appointment to give them a price on their house or something. Just, just for fun, right? I found that I made things really basic again. And these things worked for me. It's kind of old school. But I made things very basic for myself that now that script I can give to someone. And it's like, wow, it's this easy? right? It's this easy. I just focus on the most, uh, uh, important tasks. And that is when it comes to sales, talking to people sets, you know, gives you opportunity for more appointments, more appointments, gives you an opportunity for more closings and more closings gives you the opportunity for more GCI, right? And then net net income. So for coaching is I just keep it simple where it's not too confusing for someone to really duplicate and to understand.
1: With the actual coaching in, is it, specifically related to sales do you do anything outside of sales
0: no really just just sales just sales this point. okay yeah
1: um in terms of like real estate like how in how much in, into real estate are you mm-hmm. like what do you do specifically related to real right. estate mm-hmm. so i think for
0: specifically for real estate i don't like the milli- like the multi-million dollar homes like a lot of people are like oh i want to sell the multi-million dollar homes that's not that's not me Like, that's not my character. Like, I can't go in. I don't wear suits and ties, like, unfortunately. I just cannot wear a suit and tie. I would want to wear something like this or, like, some jeans, right? So I work on um, probably 90% of the time is derelict properties, so properties that that need to be taken down and that that are zoned to be built, like, a new home, new construction. So a lot of, like, you know, builders, construction workers, union workers. I like the rough where it's just like, okay, one plus one equals two. There's no emotions involved, right? It's just, does this make sense? If it makes sense, I'm going to buy this. So it's probably 50% land. I'm looking for land. Another 45% derelict properties. And then another 5% just like, you know, to help people invest in multifamilies.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, you've got a lot of projects going on between all that stuff. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. to find time to continually push the envelope with the fitness stuff. Yeah. That's incredible. Like what yeah. was like... Go a little bit back too. I kind of want to know with like the Boston Marathon, like what kind of training goes it like? Did you have to qualify for that? Because I thought you had to qualify for that. So I'm assuming you did
0: that. So, what you can do is you can either do one of two things you can qualify it with the timing, or a charity has to be picking you as if you could raise X amount of money. So, I decided to run the marathon about a week before registrations were due. So, like, it was like time was of the essence. And I'd run a bunch of half marathons. I didn't run a marathon before that. I was just doing half marathons, like five or six of them. And I was just running them. I don't even know why I was doing them. It it made no sense to me. But I was getting – it was just fun. It was competition. Um, And so what I did was I reached out to a big charity, which is Boys and Girls Club of Boston. And they said, hey, listen, uh, we have a lot of people applying for this. So, you're gonna really need to up your, you know, your donation amount. So, I just over promised and I over delivered. This is my biggest thing over promise, over deliver. I don't like the idea. Someone said it to me the other day, I'm like, I don't know where I was. Under promise and over deliver. I'm like, dude, that is a sick thing to do, someone, right? So, I over promised, I'll get you, fi- there's like some person saying they're gonna get us 8,000 or 6,000. I'll, I'll get you 15000 Okay, I'll get you $15,000 worth of donations. At the end of the day, they only expected ten which is great. But by over-promising, I got that charity to sponsor me basically. And for the last six months, the fundraising was way more stressful than the actual running. Right? I can tell you that right now. I fundraised for six months. I hit my target. And then every week I was doing from probably between 35 to 50 miles on the street running.
1: God damn, that's so, so crazy. Like, <sighs> like what goes through your head like when you're doing running like that long of a distance? Like I run and like, Maybe, like, I'll get to, like, four miles if, yeah. like, I want to, like, yeah. and that's if I want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, to me, that's, like, mind-blowing. So, like, what, it's like, what's going through your head to get to that point?
0: And that's what's crazy is because there's groups of people, man, the people I was running with were, like, these people are, like, crazy athletes. You just don't hear about them. Um, what's going through your mind is, oh, this is great. Uh, this kind of sucks. Why did I sign up for this? And then you finish, and you're like, that was amazing. That is the exact order, man. It's like getting yourself to start is pretty difficult, but you get obsessed with that dopamine rush you get from finishing it the last time. So going through it, man, it's it's um I don't know why I'm gonna continuously do it. You just don't really understand why. It's just like an obsession point of like really pushing your boundaries, right?
1: It's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, anytime I mention to someone that I enjoy running, they're like, you're crazy. Yeah, I'm like, I hate Hit. it. Oh, I wish then, I could do something like that, or I could never do it. It's like, that. you literally can. It's like, we're literally meant to do that as humans. Yeah, It's like, we can run. Like, we that's a run. thing.
0: Yeah. So that's another thing. It's like, finding, that's what I say, find something that most people won't do. And now when someone says, oh, I can do that, I'm like, you could totally do it. I was not running. During the whole training, man, I was waking up like 6 or 6.30, I'd have a long run at 8 o'clock every Sunday. So it's between 14 and 22 miles every Sunday. And, um, a lot of the times I didn't have, I didn't like drink any water before I wouldn't have any vitamins. I wouldn't eat properly at all. Sometimes I just wouldn't eat anything and I'd rush to meet the group and I'd still get it done. So it's like just committing to it. will get you to the end. It's going to give you, get you to the finish line. You're going to always figure it out no matter what.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And it's like running is like always like a. I'm a cliche. So I was looking at it metaphor, metaphorically and thinking of like the whole journey part. Yeah. It's like the beginning always sucks. Like actually starting, mm-hmm. the middle, like it's not so bad. Yeah. And then like by the ending, you can kind of hit that euphor- euphoric, euphoric feeling. feeling. It's like, wow, like that true runner's height. It's like, wow, yeah. this feels amazing. I feel great that I did yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And that goes with any type of fitness related stuff. It's mm-hmm. like starting it sucks, like yeah. no doubt. Yeah. But like once you're doing it and you're in the process, the endorphins start getting released. Yeah. Like you start feeling it. And you're going to feel better over time continually doing that. Mm -hmm. So I always try to encourage people with that. But we are coming towards like the back end of this podcast. I want to start tying things up. Um, I do have that one more question related to passions for you, but I want to give you the chance to say anything that you might not have gotten a chance to say. Mm -hmm. Um, As long as it's not kind of related to that passions, because it's like its own separate thing. But I wanted to give you the opportunity if you wanted to Um,
0: say anything. I think um, I did want to say like, like a kind of like a reality uh, point. So for me, the last six months have been so difficult personally, right? Like you have so much stuff going on, like in the media, whatever it may be with like recession and, you know, things are bad. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. And then it comes with the training and the fundraising and all these different things that are going on. And I had to reflect on it where it's like some people are in such tough situations, right? Like right now, specifically, I think a lot of people are in tough situations and you might feel like, you're the only person going through that situation, but my thing is saying is like you're not alone in that type of in that in the, in this current time right there's so many people who are going through crazy stuff, and I think right now people when it comes back to being agreeable can vocalize, wow, like this needs to have some sort of change or we need to change this, we need to change that. Because otherwise, people just keep to themselves. People aren't willing to say things are tough or things are challenging, we need to fix this, we need to fix that. And I think just as a group, I think people need to come um, back to being a group and not being so divided. That's my biggest thing right now, especially right now. Because I know a lot of people, I'm in the real estate game, so I see foreclosures, I see pre-foreclosures, I see a lot of people's finances myself. And seeing that, it's like... uh, there are so many people having a difficult time right now, right very very difficult I think with with everything the the negative media that I don't even believe a lot of it's like true like it's it's um it's not it's not easy time it's not an easy time,
1: yeah, definitely, and I you think know? that is a great great message to kind of start tying things up is just to be more consciously aware of people are going through shit right now. And to rally ra- rally behind the point of finding something that we could all agree on, which is we all want change and we want to live a better life. Yeah. be so, positive. That's yeah. it. You
0: got to be as positive as possible. Yeah. That's I it. think that's
1: a good point. And this has been a great podcast. I want to awesome. like kind of wrap this, th- wrap this up with mm-hmm. my final question for you is what would your advice be for someone who wants to pursue their passion?
0: Um, I've had so many people um, talk to me about their passions and they're like, give me the if and buts like yeah i'll do it if i can do this it's like now i'm tired of hearing it because i've heard it so much and because i've lived through that whole thing but if someone was to ask me that i would say burn the boats just burn all other options dude if you really want to do something my personal opinion is not gonna work for everyone it's just i'm an aggressive intense person quit the job quit this quit that get rid of this person get rid of that person just hone in on what you really want and just don't leave any possibility of someone or something being able to put something into your brain or into your environment that might slow you down or steer you away from where you want to go burn all the boats get rid of this reactivity of this could happen or that could happen just forget about it like it's it's the worst case scenario is not that bad that's what i have to say
1: Perfect advice. I really like that advice to, to give to people that want to get out there and start something new for themselves mm-hmm. and actually enjoy what they do. And I think not enough, not enough people are willing to take that risk, yeah. but they want to complain that they're not doing something that they like. That's so right. I think that's great advice. I've had a great time. On this podcast getting no to know you and just having you being able yeah. to share your story and be vulnerable yeah. with me. Mm-hmm. Always appreciate that. Yeah. You're always welcome to come back on this podcast. Yeah. And do you have anything that you want to plug or anything?
0: No, I mean, you guys can follow me on uh, Instagram, Vasily underscore Axios. You guys can see um, fitness, whatever, business, sales, whatever you guys really want to talk about. I'm open to, like, answering any question at all, free to, you know, answer anything. So, uh, you know, thanks for having me on, man. It was was a Nashville last this was fun
1: perfect perfect so for you guys to give you guys my little spiel if you guys like the podcast please rate review subscribe share it with your friends share with your family share it with your grandma you can check it out at thecarolconnection.simplecast.com also available Also apple podcast spotify and all the major listening platforms if you like to watch your podcast you go on youtube search the carol connection or jared m Carroll should pop up right for you and if you want to be a guest or return as a guest hit me up on instagram at jared m Carroll or at the carol connection and we'll set that up so till next time guys peace